The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Our guest is Carol Schleif, CIO at BMO Family Office. Carol, we have these days where we turn positive like today, and then we had a couple of really uh, tough days. Uh, so we go back and forth a lot. Um, the one thing that I'll note is that until the Fed starts talking about trying to achieve a soft landing, I can't get too ex- excited uh, for the long side. Uh, uh, that's, that's one of my keys is that I don't feel that the Fed is really – auguring at all towards uh, achieving a soft landing. Uh, They really want to crush inflation, and that is job one. Um, How do you look at things when you try to simplify them, as I've just tried to do? I think it's tough to read anything into the markets of the final two weeks of the year in in the best of years, but especially after a year like this year. I think a lot of people wrote it off a week or so ago, and and so volume's light. It's hard to trust anything trend-wise that you're seeing in the markets in these final two weeks. But as it relates to the Fed, I don't think the Fed necessarily wants to trash the employment market, and I think they would love to achieve a soft landing. They're just pointing out how very difficult that is because you do have a lot of optimism in the employment market. You've seen it come through in the consumer spending numbers, and you've seen it come through in the fact that consumers are spending on credit which you don't tend to run up your credit cards if you think you're going to lose your job. But I, I suspect once we start getting some of those bills come in January that you'll see more softening in some of the consumer numbers. And there'll be some nervousness around employment numbers as well, so maybe the Fed can achieve the soft landing piece. But they're definitely, they've tried to communicate to the market all year that they are focused on that inflation piece and they want it yeah. down and they want the trend down. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now, th- th- this is it, isn't it? So we look at 2023, possibly more of the same to begin with, at least. But are we at the moment seeing the effect of uh, uh, quantitative tightening right now in terms of uh, liquidity and any action on the credit markets as well? Yeah, I think you're starting to see some of that at the margin. You're hearing deals are taking longer to get done. People are looking for alternative methods of financing I know our commercial bankers and our middle market bankers are saying that some of the medium-sized strategic deals are still really good balance sheets on these companies. They're able to get them done, but it's a tougher slog to do that. And so I think that's one of the things factoring in, even just looking at the M2 numbers and the way they've come down. There's quantitative tightening around the globe, and we haven't had that in decades. 
It's got to be a factor. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that. I just have my M2 chart up, and I was kind of musing that it's turned down after a big run-up. Uh, we all know that. And that was a consequence of, um, of 2020 and the pandemic. Uh, it's, so it's coming down. The slope looks kind of gradual. But then if you actually think about it in terms of GDP, which has gone up, uh, it's even more pronounced to the downside. It has to have an effect. And if you also take the better yields that you get with the bond market, doesn't that have to suck money out of equities? One would think, but then on the other side, we haven't had the level of of fiscal stimulus coming into the market that we potentially have. And that's one of the other factors weighting the other side of the scale because we have over $1.3 trillion in in various packages, the semi-package and the green energy package. And then we just passed a $1.7 trillion appropriations bill that puts 10% more into um, defense spending and other things. So that'll mitigate some of it, not all of it potentially, but you've got manufactured spending coming in, if you will, on some of that. And some of that will be municipal debt issuance and and some other things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how it washes out, but I do think it means a lot of back and forth in the first part of the year while participants Mm -hmm. all try to find their footing. Well, I suppose we've got to also look at the earnings picture, don't we? And, you know, that's also going to be uh, very important with regards to how we are seeing the average shopper on Main Street and on the Internet as well and how they're behaving during this time of uh, the holidays. And uh, how important will that be? Yeah, that'll be important, and we'll get earnings and it'll be interesting because you saw the consumer spending numbers were up even a little bit above inflation but at what cost to the retailers and that we'll see when they because most of them are in january year end so we'll see that starting in february for retail but we'll see it in some of the consumer goods stocks in january when they start to report numbers and the margins will probably be pinched because there's an awful lot of sales that went to entice people into that level of spending and as we all know a lot of that spending was shifted towards services and and things even if they couldn't get the flights that they needed and that got all messed up in the last week but lots of restaurants lost lots of ticket sales lots of trips planned for the spring so consumer spending is obviously a vital part to the economy it's two-thirds of or more of the economy but and consumers are feeling relatively good about that but businesses too are going to be an important lift going forward in terms of capital expenditures and semi-plants and things like that well and if we look at the global economy uh chinese consumers even outnumber american consumers uh the spending power is maybe not quite up there at par yet but uh there there's been a big change I and mean, we thought for most of this year in 2022 that you had two major obstacles uh, the lockdowns in china and uh, a very aggressive fed well the fed we can argue over whether or not it's rolling over most people think not yet but for sure china has made a big change. Uh, how much does that increase the chance that growth expands in 2023? It could be huge, especially with them doing it right before the Chinese Lunar New Year to the extent that they free up travel inside and outside that country. Even if people are putting COVID test restrictions on incoming, you've already seen a massive increase in the number of Chinese trying to travel because they that revenge spending that we saw the rest of the globe do over the last two years is all pent up in China yet. Mm. And so you, you could see a lot of stabilization in emerging markets 
emanating from the Chinese restrictions being loosened. Well, you know, let's also not forget that the uh, geopolitical side of things, as we've been alluding to, perhaps is going to be hugely important here as well with uh, regards not just, of course, to what's going on with Russia v. Ukraine, but, you know, further saber rattling between China and Taiwan and, of course, logically the U.S. with reports today that we had a uh, a Chinese plane come within 20 feet of a uh, of a U.S. reconnaissance aircraft. And that's something likely to continue. And don't forget, we've also got other wild cards out there, too. Yeah, there's always plenty of wild cards all the way through. But look at the way 22 was. I mean, we hit the market high, all-time high on January 3rd of 22. So we had the high and then the worst dual bear market in bonds and stocks. Yeah. Um, Well, let's uh, let's talk about one trend that can be my very good friend in 2023. Is there something you particularly like uh, that you see happening in the coming year? I think... Just the contrarian trend of when you've got 70% of economists calling for a recession and 80 or 90% of business leaders calling for a recession, my suspicion is having been in the market for many decades that perhaps we don't see recession and we are able to skirt it. So the trend I'd continue to focus on is consumers and how happy they are and willing to spend. And I think they moderate some of that spending so it levels off to a really nice simmer instead of the rapid boil it's been at. Yeah, I mean, rapid boil that it's been at, certainly. Uh, So, you know, overall, can you give us your top prediction, what you are most convinced about what is going to happen in 2023 here? Um, I think our biggest house conviction is that we will see a more normalized return on both stocks and bonds this coming year where it was very unusual to have both decline in the same year. It's also very unusual to have two S&P declines in consecutive back-to-back years without a major financial bubble bursting. And so we do suspect that you'll see modest, moderate, loaded, low to upper or mid to upper single digit returns on both stocks and bonds this year. That's probably our favorite trend. All right, Carol, go ahead. Okay. Okay, Go ahead. Finish the thought. I was just going to say, and I do think that there'll be a new focus on, on shifting of where the growth comes and it'll come in a lot of those construction and industrial spending kinds of companies as we rebuild infrastructure. Excellent. Okay, so that gives us something to chew on. Thanks very much, Carol. Carol Schleif, CIO at BMO Family Office. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. 